Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com. And by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camel wear at a price you can afford, huntworthgear.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, we'll look at fall colors and hunting opportunities in Wisconsin's Florence County, get some sausage-making tips from High Mountain Seasoning, and talk with John Steigerwald of the Rough Grouse Society about the upcoming grouse season. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They're located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H. Look for the two giant arrows on the south side of the highway. You can't miss it. You can also find them online at PappasTradingPost.com. You hear this feature each and every week at this time on WTSO, the Big 1070, and anytime on our podcast, which you can access on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, next week we will talk with the folks from Pappas Trading Post because our bow season opens next weekend. But this week we're going to talk with Duffy Cup, pro angler on the road a lot this summer and got a report for us. Duffy, thanks for joining us and welcome back. Good to be with you, Dan. Up north again last week. You are spending a lot of time away from Madison this year. Yes, I am, and my wife is not complaining for reason. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to ask about the domestic implications of that. It's always good to go up there. We we stay in a place a little bit east of Hayward, and it's just a beautiful area in Sawyer County. And there's a lot of lakes for us to fish, and every day we go to a different lake. At some places we have success, and other places we do not. It's still very warm up there. I was on Monona this morning, the 72-degree water temperature. Well, we go way up north. Last week, we were up there. Same water temperatures up there, approximately. And things just aren't cooling down quite the way I would like them, anyway. I mean, the muskies action on Monona and Wabisa have kind of taken off again. I mean, not great, but... Once the water temperature got down into the low 70s, then their activity level, and the guys are actually fishing for them again, where they probably was close to at least a month where they weren't fishing because the water was too warm. So that action has picked up. Do you think many people actually don't fish muskies when it's 80 degrees? I know your club does because you guys all communicate with one another, but when you're out there bass fishing, do you see guys still throwing big baits for muskies? I think most guys, especially if you have caught a a big muskie and realize what an exceptional animal that is and how rare they are, personally, I don't think there's many people that do. There are some. I'm sure there are. And some of them just don't realize how you can harm that fish, whether it be a big one or a small one, in that hot water, and they're under stress, they might swim away. You might do a good job in releasing them and everything else, and a couple of three days later, it's going to be belly up on there because of the stress it went through in that warm water. In my heart, I believe that most people will leave it alone. Personally, If it's 75 degrees or warmer, I might still catch one, but I don't even bring it in the boat at that point. Uh I just uh, get a picture of it in the net and uh, let it go as much as I like to know how big the darn things are. I'd rather it get back to normal because that that warm water, you know, on the the surface, as soon as that fish goes and goes down to the bottom again, you know, that water's cooler and the chances of it surviving are are much better if we just don't even take it out of the water. So. Yeah, and, and of course it's easier to stretch the measurement when you haven't put it on the board, isn't it? Oh, certainly. I mean, that's that's a given. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get back to Madison, you were up north. I was also a week ago with the World Muskie Hunt 
We had 18 contestants and 64 past hunters, and we caught a total of 37 fish, a ratio of one fish for three anglers over those three days of fishing. It was 152-incher caught. Everything else was mid-30s to low-40s. What was your experience? Well, we weren't able to locate any big fish. We did fish a couple of the lakes where we've had a lot of success in the past. The best one we got was maybe 38 inches. It was interesting because when we took the boat out later that afternoon, there was a warden there. And, uh, you know, it's a relatively small lake, and we wondered why he was there. But we found out that lake is lined on the outside with wild rice. The day after we were there, he said, you won't even be able to get in here to fish because the people are coming in to harvest the wild rice. So that's a, another interesting thing about northern Wisconsin. There's always something else going on. Last year when I was up there, I actually watched people actually go in there with their canoes and stuff like that, and they give a, a small paddle or whatever, and they, they're hitting that and uh, getting it to uh, fall into the bottom of the boat, and then I'm sure that they take and bag it up, and they have to take it home and dry it before they can use it as a food source. So pretty pretty cool stuff. There's a lot involved. In fact, we'll be talking uh, to some other folks about wild racing uh, on this week's show I haven't done it in a couple of years, but yeah, it's regulated. On some lakes, there are dates when you can and can't do it. The ricing sticks have to be made of cedar, and they can only be so long. And there's a a very strictly regulated process for doing it, and that's why the warden was there. I'm glad they're watching it. And I think he was there because they might be thinking that some people would be coming in there early. Now, there was at least one boat on the lake, a guy in a canoe that was going into the rice areas and paddling through there. I think he was just checking the areas to see where the densest growth or whatever it might be, and he was fine. He wasn't doing anything illegal. But you get those people, they really get into that, and I've had some wild rice soup made from that, and that's pretty good stuff. It is, and the native people, of course, lived on it, so they are still ricing in many of those areas. Well, let's get back to Madison. So cooling off a little bit, but not enough yet for real yeah, serious muskies. Uh, Perch on Mendota are, are still doing pretty well. I think the advice is to check out the weed edges, the outside edges of the weeds. I know some guys that if that doesn't pay an off for them, they'll go inside the weed edge for a little bit, see what's going on. That doesn't work, then they'll come out and get well outside the weed edge and do it. And I know that there are some guys on Monona that are drifting over some very deep water, and they're catching gills and a few perch in there on Monona. So that's kind of interesting. Back to Mendota, uh, guys, if you're going to catch some walleyes, it could be low light situation, and turn your electronics on and find the humps. There are some definite humps out on Mendota, and apparently from the guy that I talked to, they are catching an occasional nice walleye off of that. And I know there has been some guys that have been moving some muskies down on Wabisa in the weedy areas down there, so... Things are starting to pick up a little bit. I'm kind of anxious for the water to get down to 65 degrees or less. Then things really start to move a little bit more. But the fishing can be very good right now, depending upon the species, if you're willing to work at it. Yep. Well, that's often the case. Now, you got any events coming up before we let you go? Coming up pretty quick here on September 22nd up at Wilderness Fishing Game in, in Sauk City. Greg Fitch is going to do a two-hour seminar on uh, electronics. And if you don't know Greg like I do, he is, he is a magician with that stuff. And he really can give you stuff, even if you're experienced. Uh, I'm going. I, I sent my check-in today to be part of that because you can always get better at it. We get a little complacent sometimes with it. And I like to try to up my game a little bit in using my electronics in my boat. September 22nd. Then September 24th is the Capital City Muskies uh, Pit Tag Tournament on Lake Monona. You don't have to be a member of the club. Everybody's welcome. 
You can go to capitalcitymuskiesinc.org to get the details. October 15th, if you're looking to get into a muskie tournament where you can make some money, we, the Capital City Club has their fall muskie tournament. This is the third time that they're having it, and there's money involved in this one, and it's open to everybody. It's been a very interesting experience. I've helped put that on the last couple of years. We get after it and get on the water. Either win some prizes or win some money. We have a good time. All right. Well, Duffy, thanks so much for that report. Good luck in those two events coming up, and we'll talk to you again. Okay, Dan. We'll see you. All righty. Duffy Cup with the Madison Report, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer. On the web at pappastradingpost.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupe.com and all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, in addition to their efforts on behalf of 70,000 clients who were injured in motor vehicle accidents, the firm of Hupe and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in the Milwaukee area. Michael Hupe is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers. He recently paid out a $50,000 reward and a $25,000 reward, and he has rewards pending that total $150,000 more. No one has ever done anything like this before Crime Stoppers came on the scene. And Michael Hupe has just announced he will pay a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. We mentioned this last week. We mention it again today. If you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit MilwaukeeCrimestoppers.com or call 414-224-TIPS. That's MilwaukeeCrimestoppers.com or 414-224-TIPS. Well, joining me this week from his home in Wisconsin Rapids is Jeff Kelm. Jeff, welcome back and good to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks, Dan. No more homicide tips um, in your area? Uh, no, fortunately, uh, not, uh, you know, it, it's when you live outside of the Southeast Wisconsin area, you generally don't have as many people and, you know, you generally don't have things like that to deal with as often. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's bad apples everywhere. That's true. That is absolutely true. Well, that's one reason we moved where we did. And, uh, I know you moved for, work opportunities, but I know you're happy there on the farm, and uh, Robert and Josie are growing up and doing great things. In fact, Robert's been doing quite well in BMX competition. Yeah, you know, we started this BMX stuff uh, back in mid-July, right after baseball season was over, and and, uh, we we wanted to give them an opportunity. It's a unique thing that we've got here in Wisconsin Rapids, and so uh, we've been doing that, And, and he's really uh he's really embraced it you know um not the fastest kid out there certainly learning a lot of things um but he uh, continues to embrace practice which is you know for anybody who's got a a child or somebody they're involved with who want wants to do something at a at a higher level if you can't get them to practice if they're just not intrinsically motivated you have all but lost <laughs> yeah i hear you <laughs> you know and, and that goes with you know fishing hunting you know shooting things like that it's all part of that and and he really just has it you know we ask if he wants to go to practice the yes comes out we get there i pay i go sit down and he starts running i mean and he he'll goes all night mm. and wow. uh yeah, uh, and, you know, he comes over every now and then, grab his drink, and and gets back. So, and he's really started to make a lot of friends at the track as well, and um, uh, has an opportunity next year to possibly join um, a team that'll have some benefits with some discounts on some parts and things like that. And so, uh, really, just unique opportunities. I, I think it's great that he's doing something. 
Um, you know, everybody says, you know, you get the kids away from the TV and off the video games and stuff, but this is just, it's really cool to see him embrace this and do something that he just, you know, can see that there's some passion in there right now. Yeah. Well, it may turn into uh, Jeff trucking him all over the country for tournaments. I've, <laughs> I, I know may. people who've done that. Yeah. It, you know, it, it may. And, you know, if that's, if that's the direction it goes, then, then, you know, what we'll be, we'll be proud parents yelling and screaming from the sidelines and, and doing what we can for them. Uh, just like any, you know, any other parent who, uh, uh, gets their child involved in something that uh, wants to expand and grow in it. So now we're, we're excited about that. You know, this, this last weekend, you know, another thing that he's, he's looking forward to is deer hunting. Yeah. And we went up to, uh, Superior, oh, just, right. just around Superior, yeah. um, uh, and, uh, got some stuff ready. 120 acres. Uh, my friend Adam had bought, uh, that earlier in the year, actually late 21. And, uh, we went in and started cutting some lanes and putting stands up. And man, I'll tell you what, we put, uh, on, uh, be, uh on Saturday, we put 7.8 miles on, uh, walking. Wow. And then, um, uh, the, on Sunday was like six and a half. We, we couldn't, I couldn't go any further by the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, everything is up and down there. There's, there's nothing flat on his entire property. Um, and so it's, uh, it's it's a hike. It's a challenge, but um, you know, lots of deer sign. You know, in the the wide open fields around him, there's dozens, dozens of deer. Pictures. Yeah, it's insane how many deer are there. So, um, so we're excited to see what that looks like. You know, um, Robert's the only one with a doe tag. We did not apply for doe tags this first year. We just wanted to kind of observe, but because Robert's got the the mentor license uh, as a youth. He has a, a doe tag that he can use statewide, uh, for both, uh, archery and for, um, or for crossbow and for, uh, rifle. So, mm-hmm. um, if he gets the opportunity, he may, he may take that. Uh, but, uh, actually Robert himself is undecided. He oh, okay. kind of wants to shoot a buck his first year. Yeah. So. Well, uh, he may change his mind when, uh, he may, when the he may. In front of him at 20 yards. You never know. So. He may, he may. Yeah. And you but got it'll be turn- fun. You got a tournament this weekend. Sturgeon Bay Open Bass Tournament, fall tournament. Uh, it's going to be, um, you know, 40, 50-ish boats out on the uh, Bay of Green Bay and uh, going at it hard for some smallmouth. And then we've got a big bass tournament on uh, Sunday that anybody can get into. Uh, one fish could win thousands of dollars. So uh, pretty, pretty neat opportunity. All right. Well, we've been dealing with hay, and uh, I found... I've seen it over the summer, but we've got a smart weed and foxtail problem in our pasture. The sheep won't eat it, and it's kind of taken over. So I got to talk to my friends at NRCS and find out what I can do about that. Uh, you know, never a dull moment on the farm, mm-hmm. as you mm-hmm. know. Yep. Well, we yep. have a giveaway this week. One lucky listener will win a summer sausage variety kit from High Mountain Seasoning. It contains ingredients. We're making 45 pounds of sausage in three different varieties. That's a lot of sausage. To enter the drawing, call 414-297-7554 or email dsoradio at gmail.com. Be sure to leave your name and phone number and mention the sausage kit giveaway. We'll tell you again how to do that at the end of the show. Coming up, Eric Prince talks about fall colors and hunting opportunities in Florence County. John Steigerwald of the Rough Grouse Society looks at next weekend's grouse hunting season opener and the impact of West Nile virus on the birds, and will kick things off with some tips for making wild game sausage with Brian Tucker of High Mountain Seasoning. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids, big and small, We have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at RemyBattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. October coming up is National Sausage Month, and to help you get ready for it, we thought we'd take a look at home sausage making today. And joining me now from Riverton, Wyoming, and High Mountain Seasonings is Brian Tucker. He's the National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasonings. Their website is HIMTNJerky.com. Well, Brian, thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Well, thanks for having me on. You bet. Now, did you folks at High Mountain Seasonings have a hand in getting October designated National Sausage Month? I don't believe so, but it fits very well for us, that's for sure. It certainly does. Well, our archery deer seasons here in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan open this month in September, and as you probably know, we shoot a lot of deer here in the upper Midwest, and a lot of that venison turns into sausage. And here in Wisconsin, we eat a lot of brats, especially tailgating at Packers games. So you folks just launched a summer sausage variety kit, I understand. Tell us about that. We definitely did. So it's just a variety pack of our three variations of the original summer sausage. So it's jalapeno, cracked pepper, and garlic, and hunter's blend. You get enough seasoning to do 15 pounds of each flavor, so it'll make 45 pounds of meat. Wow. Okay. And so what do you start with in terms of poundage of venison when you're going to do, say, 15 pounds? So it's about a two-to-one ratio. So roughly you're going to be about 10 pounds of venison to five pounds of pork for your moisture. Um, If you want to go heavier on the venison, you definitely can, but that's what our recommendation will be in the instructions. And how easy is it for somebody who's never made sausage before? So it is a very, very easy process. I know a lot of times people making sausage or any other type of meat product like that, it can seem a little intimidating at first. One of the best parts about our instruction sheets are they're very cut and dry, step-by-step oriented. You don't even have to necessarily even have like a stuffer per se. You just got to have the ground meat, the ground venison, the ground pork. So that way you can mix them together by hand. Don't even have to do it with a meat mixer itself. And then you can roll them up into little balls of meat after they've been seasoned and cured uh, and drop them into the casings. Some people will use a jerky gun to stuff the casings. And then obviously if you have a stuffer or your own grinder with a stuffing attachment, you can definitely stuff the casings that way. 
And can you uh, roll it out flat and uh, do it in sheets or make patties as well? You could, but if you're going to do it that way, I would caution with the use of the cure because if people are going to make patties, a lot of times they're wanting to grill it. And so if you're going to cook something with a curing agent, it needs to be cooked low and slow. Cooking cure too fast can make you sick. Oh, well, that's not a good thing. So so best to put them in in casings and make normal Correct. sausages. Especially if you're using like a sausage, summer sausage kit. I mean, if you want to do it the way you're talking, I mean, we do offer like Italian sausage kit. We have German sausage, Polish, bratwurst. People will do it that way as well and not necessarily use the casings. Yeah, okay. Well, how many varieties of sausage kits do you offer? You've got quite a few. We do. I want to say 14 or 15. Yeah, I was going to say at least a dozen. Yeah. Yes, we have several. Anywhere from a hot dog kit, three variations of bratwurst, four variations of summer sausage, salami, an old-fashioned bologna, Italian, German, Polish. Okay. And jerky kits as well you make. Absolutely. I do know there are 14 different jerky kits, but we have 25 different offerings. Alrighty. Now, venison isn't the only meat that one can use for these sausages, um, is it? Correct. You know, I mean, you can use any domestic animals if you want, obviously beef. Waterfowl hunters will use duck and goose to make summer sausage with it. They're a very good pairing as well. Anything that you think of meat-wise, we've had people use pheasant, um, we've had people use chicken or turkey. Yeah, it's sky's the limit with these. And generally, though, it's a two-to-one ratio. Whatever meat you start with, two pounds of that to one pound of pork. Is that right? Correct. And we always caution when using the pork because people will go buy pre-ground pork in the store. If it's pre-ground and sitting on your butcher's counter or in the cooling rack area, um, a lot of times there is a saline solution that's added to pre-ground pork to help keep the color, which is about 12%, which is salt. You add that into a seasoning with, you know, your venison or your elk, bison, whatever, you're going to have a very, very salty product. And a lot of times people are unaware that there's salt added to the pork to keep the color that's already pre-ground in the store. So if you don't have a grinder yourself, we always suggest having your local butcher grind it for you, and then that way the sol- saline or salt solution is not added. So what cuts of pork would you start with then? A pork shoulder, pork butt, you know, one of those that's a really good cut. Pretty good fat ratio in there. Um, sometimes the supermarkets will have the ends of the tenderloin, like the batch straps that they have squared off for retail packaging that'll have a fat cap on it. Those can be a good and inexpensive one to purchase as well. Any other tips for handling, say, the wild meat? You've mentioned a couple of things to think about handling pork. What about wild meat? So handling with the wild meat, um, a lot of times people think of deer, antelope, elk, of having like a wild gamey taste. That's going to be a lot of times the field prep. If you shoot an animal and the weather's a little bit warmer, like here in Wyoming, for example, antelope seasons are about to open for rifle. They're already open for archery, and it was 100 degrees over the weekend. Once you get that animal down, you need to get the internal organs out right away and get the body cooling off right away because the enzymes in those will break down quick and start causing bacteria to grow and that's where the gamey taste will come from. I always recommend, unless your animal's a trophy that you're going to cape out or whatever, opening it up along the spine, skinning it back that way to allow heat to escape as well because that's just a big blanket that their height is helping holding that heat in. Okay, keep it cool, cool it down quickly and of course keep it clean as well. (laughs) Right, right, yep, yep. Keeping it clean, I do recommend too. I mean, a lot of some people do it immediately. I dry age mine, allow that blood to kind of dry up and come out because the blood in the animal too is a little bit of a gamey process. Do not use the fat off of a wild animal to mix into your sausage as well. That chalky stuff, it's not good at all, and that's going to add a, could add a nasty flavor too. Yeah, yeah, and that tallow on a deer anyway is generally on the outside of the meat as opposed to being uh, intermixed with the muscles uh, the way it is in beef. Yeah. Makes good soap, though. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yep, exactly. All right. Well, Brian, we are going to give away one of your summer sausage variety kits, and we'll tell folks how to enter the drawing later in the show. We appreciate you taking some time to talk with us today and uh, offering some tips for making home sausage. It's not as hard as as it might appear at first. Here for the business, and that's the best part of it. It is so easy to use, and you can 
be like a seasoned butcher on your first run. And you also have stuffers and um, other tools that one might want to use to make sausage, not so just the... So we a... do offer like a big shot jerky and sausage gun, so you can either do like your snacking sticks, ground meat jerky, or you can stuff sausage casings with it as well. Thank you so much, and good luck in your hunting season this year. You bet. Brian Tucker, he is the National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasoning. Again, their website is himtnjerky.com. And later in the show, we'll tell you how you might win that summer sausage variety kit. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Florence County, Wisconsin invites you to explore thousands of acres of county, state, and national forest lands, plus wild rivers, ATV, UTV trails, and lots more. You can learn much more at exploreflorencecounty.com. And joining us now is the Director of Florence County Economic Development, Eric Prince. Eric, thanks for joining us again, and welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network. Yeah, great to be here, Dan. Have you moved permanently to Florence County now? Yes, as a matter of fact, we have. We're permanent residents. We closed on our house in Milwaukee last week, packed up the truck, and that's that. Now we're just unpacking and trying to get settled in and get into some sort of a normal routine, you know, but really enjoying the weather. It's been beautiful up here. Yeah, it's been beautiful pretty much everywhere, but I'm glad you've had good weather too. Well, you're committed now. You're in there for the long haul. Oh, absolutely. I think this is like week seven or something, and it's been great. I've learned so much about the economic development as well as the tourism aspect. I have a lot more uh, to learn, but I'm able to get out, talk to some of the people in the community, and I'd like to get out a little bit more, especially when it's so nice, but there'll be more of that as I get settled in and learn all the levers to push and pull, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how was Labor Day weekend? It was fantastic. We had an opportunity to go out to the camp that I uh, deer hunt at. Some friends of ours, we went out there and we just grilled up some great food and played cornhole and just had a whole lot of fun. Stayed out there two nights. Some of the guys and gals are already all fired up about beer season and deer season and all the different hunts that we have coming up or may have already started. Yeah, absolutely. So talk about hunting. Uh, first of all, the seasons are opening this week and next weekend. There's a lot going on. I mean, we're already in beer that started on the, on the 7th. I know that archery and crossbow coming up on the 17th, followed by youth hunt and disability hunt. And then there's numerous birds. I can't even name them all. Um, there's quite a few. You can go to the DNR site. And then turkey starts uh, on September 17th, depending on the zone that you're in. So you might want to check that out, make sure that whatever zone you're in, that, you know, you get the date straight. I got had an interesting conversation with, it's not September, it's, this is in October, but I really like the program, Camel, which is Kids and Mentors Outdoors. My buddy Johnny Johnson, who's the regional director for Camel up here, told me on the phone today that they're going to be doing a pheasant hunt uh, October 15th. They'll be limited to 20 kids, but uh, he wanted to, he asked me if I wouldn't mind, you know, putting that out there already. So pretty exciting stuff. A lot of hunting. Yeah, absolutely. And Camel is a great group. Uh, Mark Walters is a friend of mine. I've been with that group several times, not as far north as, as you folks, but at hunts that they've done elsewhere in the state. Uh, they did a deer hunt at McKenzie Environmental Center a number of years ago. They probably do regularly there, but they do a great job uh, with the kids. So if kids want to get involved in that, do they contact you or do they go right to Camo? How does that work? If they get in touch with me, I'm more than happy to get them in touch with Camo. Johnny's a very good friend of mine. He, he told me, he was like, Prince, you just have him call me, or if you want, take the call, get their name and number or whatever, and either way, we'll take care of them. So my information is on the website. You can do a Google search for Camo Johnny Johnson. His contact information is out there, but I'm more than happy to take the call and direct whoever to, you know, to get them to the right people. So Yeah, and, and Camo is spelled K-A-M-O, which stands for Kids and Mentors Outdoors. 
Yeah, great. Well, with hunting seasons underway and fast approaching, I would imagine fall colors are starting to show up up your way too. Just a little bit. I spoke to Laurie Moore earlier, real brief about. She said she does the she does like the percentages of the colors for our Travel Wisconsin because the Travel Wisconsin website actually has all of that. That website is is hit quite a bit for that reason. You know, people really want to come up and enjoy it. We're at about maybe five percent. We're not, you know, with the weather the way that it's been, uh, they're not quite changing all that much. I noticed a, a couple of changing on the way to work today, but it's coming. And the nice thing about it, as they as they're changing, the trails are still open. People can still come up. The summer is not over just because we're after Labor Day. You know, this, we, I still think we have a great couple of weekends ahead of us that, you know, there's going to be some, you know, wonderful places to go and see the the fall colors, whether it be, you know, up by Kai's Lake, uh, Kai's Peak Ski Area, or maybe out by any of the falls that we have out on the trails. I, I think it's just going to be a beautiful, beautiful year this year. Well, I certainly hope it will be. Fall colors don't last long enough for my taste. I think for everybody, maybe that's one reason we appreciate them so much is they're so fleeting. Now, before we started recording, you mentioned seeing a number of turkeys up your way. Oh, yeah. I had about 15 of them pop into my yard. And then on the way home from camp yesterday, I had about 21 that popped out from one side of the road coming out of the camp road. There seem to be quite a few out there right now. The ones that I actually saw this morning, I noticed they've grown quite a bit. So I can only imagine that once that September, you know, 17th date or whatever it is for turkey hunt, there's, there's going to be quite a, quite a few out there. So get yourself ready. They're here. We've seen a lot of deer. Beach driving down Miller Parkway every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a lot of our listeners are driving on Miller Parkway, folks. There's nothing wrong with that. But Eric has made the big move up north. And you came up here for years. Your family had land up here, right? Yeah, my dad's family is all from Florence. I've been coming up here for 45 years. And uh, I have a lot of friends and family up here. And it's been great for me. Um, it's probably an easier transition for me because of the the folks that I have contact with versus somebody that would come into this new. The only difference for me is that I'm coming out of a different industry, but I'm learning. I think the transition is going to continue to go well. My wife and I really enjoy it here. We miss our friends. We are making a trek back to Milwaukee this weekend, actually, because our church festival that we've participated in for the last 17 years is they're having their last festival this weekend. So we're going to go down and say hello and goodbye to uh, quite a few families. But you know what? We we enjoyed it. We wanted to make the change, and the kids are out of the house, and it's the next chapter for us. Yeah, well, and you're, you're excited about it. I can tell that in the several conversations I've had with you, and it sounds like you're you're in a good place, and you're happy to be there, and we'll be talking with you monthly now for a while. Well, before we let you go, there's one other event I wanted to ask you about, the UP Garden Tractor Pullers. I think we talked about that last time. That's coming up on the 17th of this month as well. That's kind of a spectator sport, isn't it? It really is. And I'll tell you what, I had my first taste of it at the Florence County Fair a week ago this past Friday. I had never been to one. They're a lot of fun to watch, but it is a spectator sport. They have a variety of different types from a basic garden tractor to something that's all jacked up and stuff. It's fun. It's definitely something to sit down, have a beverage, maybe a pretzel or whatever, and, and just enjoy it. Cool. Well, Eric, we're going to let you go, and we will catch up with you in October when the fall colors should be in full swing or maybe even past peak, but that's a good time of year as well. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll send folks to your website to learn more about all these things we've talked about. Yeah, they can go to the website. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me, whether it be via phone or email or what have you, and uh, I'm more than happy to help people get to the right lodging or whatever it is that they need up here. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, Dan. Thanks so much. You bet. Eric Prince is the director of Florence County Economic Development. There's a lot going on up there all year long, and you can learn more at exploreflorencecounty.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. 
Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camel Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nacita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies are celebrating 60 years of habitat improvement for these two birds and other wildlife that need young forest habitat to thrive. Learn more at roughgrousesociety.org. And joining us now to talk about the upcoming hunting season and much more is John Steigerwald. He's the Great Lakes and Upper Midwest Forest Conservation Director for RGS and AWS. And we haven't talked to him in a while. John, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network. Good to be back, Dan. It's always good to talk to you. Now, grouse season opens next weekend in northern Wisconsin, September 17th. Are you and your dog ready? We're ready as we're ever going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Do you run the dog ahead of time in this warm weather to get it ready? We do. Actually, we're we're pretty fortunate. We reside up near the Barrens communities in the state, Uh, so we actually do run our dog out at the the Barrens, uh, getting some experience on sharp-tailed grouse, as well as in the grouse woods, getting some experience on some rough grouse preseason. And have have gotten out flushed actually quite a few sharpies and quite a few uh, rough grouse so far. Now, remind me what kind of dog you have. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old Hungarian Vichla. Oh, okay. Now, sharptails and rough grouse live in different habitat. They have different habits and behavior. How does your dog handle those two birds? I would say she and I are still learning. Okay. <laughs> but, but, yes, they are very much using different communities. Uh, sharp-tailed grouse are utilizing more of 
your barrens communities, yeah. a lot of grassland, low shrubs, brush, a lot of oak scrub, short young jack pine types of communities. What we would typically think of as being very fire dependent ecosystems, where when we look at things like rough grouse, American woodcock, utilizing more of what we consider young forest. Maybe were recently harvested or had some sort of forest disturbance and are now going through the successional stages and growing into a forest. So much thicker, denser vegetation, taller trees, but still in that, that early hunting season, really looking for stands of young hardwood trees, aspen, oak, that are usually 10 to 15 feet tall, maybe as much as 20 feet tall. Uh, one of my colleagues, he uses the, uh, the same silver dollar-sized aspen. So aspen that are about the, the diameter of a silver dollar is your good early fall rough grouse hunting habitat. I haven't seen a silver dollar in a long time, but I get the picture. <laughs> we can't hunt sharp tails now, but we can run our dogs on them. I know a number of people who are doing just what you talked about there. Can't, uh, can no longer hunt sharp tails in the state. Uh, po- there's been a lot of concerns over the population, the genetics of the populations, and how harvesting, you know, just a few birds would remove, you know, some genetics from the populations to be detrimental overall to those populations. Uh, a lot of the concerns, uh, you know, focus around the sharp tailed grouse is the availability of that barren's habitat. Yeah. Barren's habitat are globally imperiled habitats. They're very rare on the landscape. Used to be very much present, especially in northwest Wisconsin and the northwest sand uh, ecological landscape. But we are working with Wisconsin DNR, Wisconsin Sharp-Tailed Grouse Society, American Bird Conservancy, and RGS. We all actually are partners on a just shy of $5 million grant application to America the Beautiful. So actually we're hoping that we get funded to help uh, support both barrens and young forest habitat in northern Wisconsin. Well, it'll be exciting to see if you get that grant and, and how that project unfolds. Um, I hunted sharp tails back in the 1970s and 80s when I lived up north. And I mean, there were years when the bag limit was three per day. And, you know, we often got one or two, never three. But we hunted them when the rough grouse numbers were low. When the cycle was down, we hunted sharpies because they were abundant. But that has changed. Labor Day weekend is behind us. Did you do anything exciting? Well, got out uh, and enjoyed some of our natural resources and natural landscape. We actually went out, now's the time of year, for uh, wild rice harvesting. A lot of wild ricers out this past weekend harvesting wild rice. Yeah, and I think the the lake that I'm familiar with, Pakwewong or Pakwewong near Hayward, that opens this weekend. So there's still some ricing going on, and were you successful? We're successful. Got just shy of 30 pounds for two and a half hours worth of work. Uh, of course, there's a lot more labor that has to go into it now Now that's harvested to make sure that we uh, can get the wild rice dried and processed. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do it yourself or do you use someone else? We go through a, a wild rice processor. I do know some people that do themselves, and it is a very fascinating, time-consuming process. It certainly is. Well, how are grouse doing now that we're past the summer and the season is opening? Looking back on the year, the rough grouse drumming counts in the state of Wisconsin pointed that we might have a small blip upwards as part of that overall downward trend as part of the uh, cyclical cycle that rough grouse go through. If you don't know much about rough grouse ecology, biology, rough grouse go through these population peaks and declines about every 10 years. And we are very much in now in the downward swing of that peak of the cycle, so to speak, of that, that population. The drumming counts indicated that we might have a small blip up on our way down, which is good for, for hunters. There have been plenty of very good reports. And you know, as, as I mentioned, I uh, got my dog out into the woods doing some preseason training and did flush a, a couple of, of decent-sized broods. Actually, one had six birds in it. The other one had nine. Wow. Very good. So some 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 healthy healthy numbers I think going in into the season, but uh, very similar to other reports that, that I'm hearing. So we're we're a little hopeful going into the season. Very good. Well, I understand that the West Nile virus monitoring study report for our last year is out now. What did they learn? Uh, yes, the results are out from the 2021 monitoring of West Nile virus. 
back in 2017, there were some good drumming count surveys as well as some roadside surveys done that indicated that the 2017 season was going to be very good. But, of course, uh, actual harvested numbers and hunter accounts in the fall season was pretty abysmal. That was followed up in 2018, where the bottom really fell out of the drumming count surveys and caused a lot of alarm as far as what was happening to our rough grouse population, especially when we were very much going upward in that, that population trend, uh, which this whole thing uh, sparked the development of Wisconsin's rough grouse management plan, as well as uh, protocols for this three which turned into a four-year monitoring effort by the Wisconsin DNR, Michigan DNR, and Minnesota DNR for West Nile virus. Basically, we knew this was a population concern in eastern populations. Uh, West Nile virus was affecting grouse in states like Pennsylvania, where there had been monitoring, studying West Nile virus impacts for years. So we decided to do our, our own monitoring efforts here in the lake states. And last year was the last year of the four-year monitoring effort by the state of Wisconsin. Overall, there were 147 hunter-harvested birds. So these were birds that were sent in by hunters after they were harvested. Blood and heart samples were taken and sent into Wisconsin DNR for testing. And out of those, those 147 hunter-harvested samples, 37 of them had antibodies of West Nile virus, either confirmed or likely, and none of them had genetic material for West Nile virus in the heart tissue, which would mean that none of the birds harvested had an active West Nile virus infection, but all those that uh, had antibodies to West Nile virus would indicate that they had West Nile virus but had survived it. So that's one of the really important takeaways from the study is that our population of rough grouse in the lake states and the other states are, are really concluding this, is that our rough grouse population can weather the effects of West Nile virus, and we suspect that's likely due to the quality of, of habitat we have here in the lake states. Essentially, a lot of the uh, anecdotal evidence, a lot of the research, decades worth of research is really pointing towards that the healthier the habitat we have for, for birds and wildlife like rough grouse, the better able they're going to be to weather effects of disease, climate change, predation, local weather effects, you name it. We have really healthy habitats for our survivability we're finding out about our rough grouse population. Well, that's good news. Uh, does that mean we don't need to worry about West Nile virus? I wouldn't say we don't need to worry about it. It definitely is another thing, another stressor that's being added to wildlife like rough grouse. But it just means that we have to be vigilant in the way that we are uh, continue to manage healthy habitats uh, and just emphasize the importance of all the habitat work that our natural resources uh, professionals have helped implement in the Lake States. All right. Well, John, before we let you go, you've got an event coming up I attended uh, several years ago. It's going to be September, I believe it's the 23rd through the 25th, Grouse Camp. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Grouse Camp is a event that, that Rough Grouse Society hosts in Eagle River, Wisconsin, Friday, September 23rd through the 25th. Uh, it's an event where we uh, invite people to come learn to hunt, whether you're first-time Rough Grouse hunter or somebody looking to get re-engaged in Rough Grouse hunting. Perhaps you're a pheasant hunter and you're learning to, you want to learn how to Rough Grouse hunt or maybe you're a dogless rough grouse hunter and you want to learn how to hunt rough grouse with a dog, get uh, initiated into rough grouse hunting from you know, multiple different perspectives. Um, we host this event at Trees for Tomorrow in Eagle River. Uh, it's a bit of an immersive event where we have seminars uh, with different topics for um, participants to come, listen in, and then actually go out into the field in the afternoon on the 24th with a, a hunter mentor and actually get the opportunity to go out and hunt rough grouse. Uh, associated with this event, we do have a banquet event, large bonfire. I know we're, we're trying to get some different things like um, um, some professional chefs to show up and uh, do some cooking demonstrations as well as possibly some bourbon tasting. Um, I'm not the event planner, but I will be attending the event and actually uh, presenting at the event, but it's, it sounds like it's going to be a good one this year. Wow, what a combination. Uh, grouse seminars, grouse hunting, game tasting, and bourbon test tasting as well. <laughs> That's a great combo. I would agree. 
John, we're going to let you go. Thanks so much. And we will catch up with you in October and find out how the grouse are doing and how the hunting season is going. Sounds good. Thank you again, Dan. You bet. John Steigerwald is the Great Lakes and Upper Midwest Forest Conservation Director for the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies. The Rough Grouse Society is celebrating 60 years of habitat improvement for these two birds, and you can learn more on their website, roughedgrousesociety.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. They got great deals on new and used boats, including uh, special pricing on pontoons. So you want to check that out and uh, get in on that deal. Check out their website and Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Castle Rock and Pete and Well Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-PeteandWell.com. And by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camel wear at a price you can afford. HuntworthGear.com. Our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, is still in rerun status on Milwaukee PBS. So if you missed a show or if you haven't seen it in a while, you can always watch it at MilwaukeePBS.org. And we are working on the new Deer Hunt Wisconsin show for 2022, but past shows are available on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. If you missed anything on today's radio show, you can go back and listen to it. Or if you want to just take us with you and listen at your convenience, you can do so by going to lake-link.com. Go to the Outdoor Radio page, download this show, and past shows as well. You can follow Dan during the week on social media at Dan Small Outdoors. Find me at Hardwater Jeff. As we mentioned, we have a giveaway. One lucky listener will win a summer sausage variety kit from High Mountain Seasonings. It contains ingredients for making 45 pounds of sausage in three different flavors. To enter the drawing, you can call 414-297-7554 or email dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your name and phone number or email address and mention the sausage kit giveaway. Again, 414-297-7554 or dsoradio at gmail.com. Well, with archery and crossbow seasons opening next weekend, DNR reminds you that CWD sampling is available statewide. Testing is free. It's easy to do. So check uh, the DNR website for self-service kiosk locations or sampling station locations near you. 
And if you have an item for the calendar, send me an email, dslradio at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. And Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend. Go fish the Sturgeon Bay Open or the uh, Sunday Tournament. And the Heron. Have nothing else to it's do fishy. and the weather's nice. Get outside this week. Be sure to join us again leg. next week for Outdoors Radio. When the loon cries, lover, in the blue north wind, I'll be trolling home to you. When my wrist gets a little chilly. On the gunnel When my lazy act is just Too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey 